Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am Al Manorino, the PopRate.com's reluctant managing editor. With me, as always, is Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of the PopRate.com. I don't think I'm ever going to financially recover from this. <laughs> and we have a special guest this week, uh, our music editor from PopRate.com, Kat Manos. Welcome, Kat. Hi. How's everything in California going? Uh, we're we're okay. We're okay. I'm I as someone with like a lot of general anxiety and as essential dread. I'm honestly flourishing during this time. Um, Did you say because, essential dread or existential dread? Because I have both. I have I have both as well. <laughs> <laughs> I said as essential, but I think as essential is essential. Um, yes, I'm eerily calm because I've been waiting for this my whole life. Um, I'm the type of person that when a movie like Contagion comes out, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to see that because we're going to live it and I will be patient zero. So don't worry about me. I also don't watch zombie movies because everyone's always like oh well like what are you gonna do if they and i'm like no no no. i will immediately become the zombie because i won't be able to fight it out so (laughs) i don't need to figure anything out you guys need to figure what uh, figure stuff out for when i become the zombie and try and kill you so um long story short we're doing fine um you know like staying calm it's one of those things where I will feel totally fine for hours and then need to take like a depression nap for two hours, but then wake up and I'm fine. So business as usual. By the way, general anxiety and existential dread. It sounds like the best like like debut album for a band that never had like, a second good album. You mean like the Smiths? No, they had a lot of good albums. I was thinking more like um, they're terrible. Hey, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be saucy. Um, no, I was thinking of uh, what's it called? Uh, in an airplane over the sea. What was that band? Uh, Nutramilk Hotel. Thank you. Not that they didn't have a good second album, but they just really kind of only had that one big, big, big album. And then yes, about their mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, yeah. This is the kind of podcast that goes super off topic. Um, <laughs> I, by the way, I already have my spot for a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like I have a bar. I have a bar in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. It, it is because they have heavy doors, bars mm-hmm. on the windows, and it's right by a marina. So if I need to get out, I know where to go, and their wings are really good. So, And they have so a packaged goods store, so I'm set. So you're going to go there, have a pint, and wait till the whole thing blows over. And, right. cook, and, and they have a grill behind the bar, so I'm going to cook everything there so I never have to leave. Wow. Yeah, I spent – when Shaun of the Dead hit DVD, me and a lot of coworkers spent a lot of time – because we were covering bars, we spent a lot of time examining every single bar we dealt with, and would they be good in a zombie apocalypse? Most of them fail, mostly because of windows. That's fair. We always talked about like the 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 Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake scenario of like, is the mall a good place or a bad place to actually have a zombie apocalypse or so, be held up in? It's so big, so many points of entry. You gotta like have people each locked door kind of things, and then you have like access to stuff. Like you can have a nice bed, or you can, if depending on the mall, you can probably get a gun, you know, or type of weapon. But you you really have to understand the metaphor 
of that particular movie and obviously the George Romero previous movies, the reason everyone's going to the mall is because it's really a metaphor of like blind consumerism and stuff. But we don't go to malls anymore. Our blind consumerism is like through our computers. Mm -hmm. So I actually think going to a mall would be smart because I don't think a dead zombie would think to go there. They would think to go on Amazon? Yes. Yes. And, And And then a movie virtuosity would happen. Because everything would become virtual reality. You guys were both like newborns. You were both kittens at that time. Denzel oh, Washington, yeah. Russell Crowe. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did that on How Did This Get Made? Plugging another podcast. Uh, <laughs> you would. What the actual fuck? Yes. So <laughs> we really need to get to the, the main point of this podcast. And honestly, I don't know why we even kind of set it up this way i think from now on this should just be a tiger king specific podcast because i could talk about this show for the foreseeable future i uh, yeah it's netflix is insane is crazy man i mean like two years ago it was the Firefest documentary last year was abducted in plan you know the Firefest was take one for the team then abducted in plain sight we all know what happened there Help a friend out. And uh, now this year, the gift that was Joe Exotic. <laughs> oh, my God. Joe Exotic, guys. Uh, the Tiger King. The It's a seven-episode Netflix series. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, please shut this podcast off. I don't even know how you discovered this podcast and didn't watch it, though, if anything. Um, it's probably just related it to is, us. It is, <laughs> it is without hyperbole. The greatest thing that's ever happened to culture, I think. I, I don't know if you guys can argue about that because you can't. Joe Exotic is maybe the greatest character slash real human being that's ever lived and is still living just in prison. Um, I, I, I was I, I was not only was I blown away by this show, but it's the first series that I've ever watched, whether it was reality or uh, or fictional that I kept saying to myself, it can't get crazier than this. Like, it just can't. Like, Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, like, there was some great moments, like the train robbery and, you know, spoiler, Gus blowing up. Like, this is great television, but the next episode is going to be, like, calmer, because it's like a, you know, after something happened, crazy. You know, things got to slow down. Every episode of this series, every moment of this series just kept getting absolutely bananas crazy yes yes i i am someone who uh often talks to the television screen or the movie screen when i'm watching something and i ran out of the number of times that i just would respond what (laughs) (laughs) what wait 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 what and then i had to like rewind and be like wait did he just say that and it got to a point where I was just, no, yes, n- no, stop, wait, okay, keep going. Like, it, it, it's like, I've been trying to figure out how to explain it to people, and it's like a, a Floridian, like, white trash cinematic nightmare that, it, it's <laughs> like, it's a dumpster fire, but you you need to keep looking at it because your soul is begging for more, but also begging for you to stop. 
I I just watched this. I my brother in law basically was like I, I got him to start it, and he was like, ah, he got halfway through the first episode. It's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna watch this. I'm like, don't ruin your life. Like, actually watch this. And he texted me by the end of the first episode and says, every one of these people in this documentary is delightfully fucked up. And I'm like, that is w- very accurate. It is. I have watched a lot of thanks to my lawyer wife, a lot of true crime stuff. I have watched a lot of documentaries. This, it just, I think the reason why everyone's so attracted to it or just can't get enough of it is because this doesn't seem humanly possible for all of this to happen. It is such a subculture of this big cat, you know, exotic animal collecting. And it's also like, you know, they over-exaggerate a couple things here and there in the doc- in the trailers, like the drugs and all that stuff. I'm like, in the sex cult. I'm like, those are small things. But, like, it just... W- <sighs> the amount of shit that gets just thrown into this is just so absolutely crazy. And you just sit there and, like, there's no way. And it's not just Joe. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's everyone. It's uh, um, <laughs> um, uh, the guy Angle or Angle, you know. Oh my god! Who I, who I discovered two weeks before the documentary came out because the Undertaker from WWE just did a promo about him. Like him and his wife are in a pool with a tiger, talking about his place. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. And then you have the guy who's the strip club owner who had that whole montage to Eye of the Tiger on a water ski, a jet ski. And then you got the dude who took over, and he's a con artist, and it's just like, what the hell is happening? So, so quick question, because I am not someone who's, like, big into the true crime stuff. Like, I'm, I, like, dabble. I'm, like, it's mostly, like, the big, big things, like the, um, like the OJ stuff that just came out or mm-hmm. a couple years ago or, um, or – Bundy, things like that, like like bigger, bigger things. I don't watch like the, I don't listen to the podcast or the true, any of the true crime stuff. Do they consistently incriminate themselves like <laughs> in, like minutes of like like when you just mentioned the con artist guy, um, he was like literally like incriminating himself or the or the or the hitman because guys, you know, Tiger King, you think well, this is about tigers, no. It's about no. a million different subjects, including a, a, a attempted murder. Um, does that happen a lot, guys, in true crime stuff? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but no, like, ah, uh, man, it's just like, like, it depends, like, th- like stuff like this would happen for like stupid criminals. Like, mm-hmm. and it'd be like, here's the dumb criminal who incriminates himself. And you find out it was like, he did all the wrong things, but it's like, everyone is stupid, but everyone's also a genius because they haven't gone to jail. And I totally forgot that one guy's name. I, I'm blanking out of the guy who still wears affliction t-shirts and like Ed Hardy jeans to this day. And yeah. uh, I, and I'm just like, the guy with no legs. No, 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 no. That's the guy with the, the the guy who ends up taking over the zoo. Oh, oh Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe. That's right. With yeah. his glorious the- skullet. and like uh, and, and it, it's so bizarre at all times because it's just like let's just take a, a left turn to the guy who's actually Scarface, <laughs> and we yeah. have we have him in episode two. 
Yes. And I'm always like, yeah. oh, that's probably the guy he's going to get the hitman from. No, no. it's oh. some guy we don't find out till episode five or six who this guy is. So I just wrote that down because I don't want to cut Cat off, but I just wrote this down because I finally watched episode two. Uh, I was telling you guys before the podcast, my my wife started watching without me and I caught up on like, I think I started at three. So I did go back and watch the first two. So Mario Tabreu, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure. Just call him Spelling. Apparently I mean, the- if you say it, if you say it wrong, he might kill you, but it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Um, no, he, he wouldn't do that. His <laughs> wife COVID-19 doesn't in, kill me. For- his wife um, will dress you in uh, preemie monkey clothes. That was weird. Oh god. Uh, so he was sentenced. This is this is real. He was sentenced to a hundred year sentence yeah. in prison. And he served twelve and got out and now owns like a mansion uh zoo. Our system is broken, right? Like our system's a hundred percent broken. what system? <sighs> Well, it's, listen, it's Joe anarchy. Exotic. I mean, listen, Joe said it best. He used to believe in the justice system until this happened. <sighs> okay, here, here, here's the thing about about Tiger King, in my opinion, that really makes it so different from a- any other documentary. Truly, like without hyperbole, I mean it when I say that there could be an entire documentary series about each individual person. Yeah this documentary to the point where I'm a weirdo when I'm watching this stuff I will stop and immediately do research because I'm like wait I want to know more about what's going on for example someone to me who is so fascinating to me throughout this entire documentary that I feel like they don't really talk about enough is his seemingly totally normal and reasonable campaign manager that guy who witnesses someone commit suicide it's fine. I immediately Googled this man and I'm like, who are you? And how did you end up in this situation? Because you seem so normal. I I can't get over it. And then on the other hand, a person where I was immediately like, I need to do a ton of research on this person because they might be living scum on this planet was the guy who was the producer of his TV show. Who like, produced inside edition he's like a legit producer who was the biggest scumbag maybe on planet earth who maybe even knew that he was the biggest scumbag and then he's like sitting in like a bar as if he uh, like i shouldn't even call it a bar it's like a watering hole and he's wearing (laughs) this hat and he's like yeah, what do you want to know about it? Well, I guess I'll talk about it from the beginning. I'm that's, like, who that's are That's a you? good impersonation. <laughs> I thought, honestly, I saw him and then, like, I had to, like, honestly stop myself from saying, like, oh, he's an actor. Like, he's no. an actor. And well, I guess he probably was. Else is an actor. And this is basically, like, they figured out the American Vandal formula for <laughs> redneck true crime. And then I'm like, no, apparently these people are very real joe exotic really did run for president and you know what i remember him on colbert no sorry yes. um uh, john oliver because all of a sudden i'm watching yes, i'm like i was do. like i was like i saw this one i remember it now yes but, and yes, now totally. but every moment every hour you think they're updating about this pandemic frequently they're updating about this documentary because i just googled because i wanted to get the uh, summary and it was like 
they're always like John Finley. His first, his husband has full set of teeth now, which was the greatest <laughs> cut, the greatest cut in cinematic history. When the sheriff is like, "We call it meth mouth," boom, and there's the guy smiling with three teeth, and I'm just like, "Mother of God, that is the that is an Oscar, an Emmy, that's the egot of editing right there in that moment." Oh my and God. then he gets the friggin' he gets like the the the, the lower abdomen like crotch area tattoo that's oh, for for Joe Exotic and he didn't even do a good job of getting rid of it. No, he didn't even. You could still read it. Saying, I kept saying that to my wife. I'm like, they didn't cover the whole thing up. It's you, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And he's sitting there like, "Yep, we did a good job." And I'm like, "It's great." No, you're just saying it because you were in pain because it was like in the softest part of your body. I mean, we haven't, like, scratched the surface of this. Like, no. honestly, I don't think we have given any sort of description to this. I don't think you can, because you, you just said you Googled a summary. That's an oxymoron. There's no summary. And it, 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 it's so scant on the details. Yeah. But, Kat, the one thing where I, I messaged Al about the campaign manager, mm-hmm. it's like he stays. Like, you realize he yes. stays at the, the zoo after the campaign. Yes. And I'm like, Why? You just said it was the worst part of your life. Why did you stay? And it's like everyone hated it, but they stayed. Yeah. And we talked about um we talked about uh was it um Doc Doc Antle, like the sex Oh my god. Guy. Oh, which, total sex cult guy. Which we did not I don't think they really scratched the surface at all. He should get his own spin-off. Oh, you know why? Because he's a cagey son of a bitch. You saw him like he knew how to answer everything where he's yeah. just like, I am not saying I'm, this is a cult. I'm not answering this because this will be a lawsuit. Like he's no – he went to D.C. with kittens basically. Yeah. He's not a dumbass. But what I'm well, struggling with – He was directing his own scenes in the documentary that's not his – he was yeah. like, oh, no, I, I'm going to come in and then you're going to do this. And then he frequently was like, okay, are you guys rolling? And then put on the voice like he's a TV presenter. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. All of these people are living in this false reality. Everyone is insane. And the insanity feels contagious mm-hmm. because people come around them and they're like, I don't know what was going on. But then I fell in love with those tigers and I didn't leave for six years. You're like, what? No, what the worst person. The worst person was the person – uh, the zookeeper who got her arm ripped off and was like, you know what? I needed to go back so the media wouldn't won. So I said, instead of the two years of reconstructive yeah. surgery, hack that yeah. shit off. I, yeah. That's what I was trying to get at was like we, we're, we're saying that Doc Antle is, is like a cult leader. Like Joe Exotic is a goddamn cult leader. But they all are. Carol Baskin. She's a cult leader. Did you see how she has one follower? Her creepy husband. No, she has all those volunteers. Yes, who, they said who work on Christmas just to upgrade their shirt color. They don't even get oh, paid. Free. They yeah, don't get paid. Oh, my God. We sound like crazy people, but it's like that's what this thing does. You it makes you question everything. You could have done a 10-part documentary on Carol Baskin and her husband. Yes, oh, completely. We're going to get into Carol at, at, at the oh end. Oh, my God. <laughs> this whole but, podcast uh, could be about Tiger King, man. It really it, should be. And then, and then the whole dun-dun-dun twist ending after we get the fucking uh, water ski montage, we get Joe, Joe Exotic is like, guess what? I'm turning to state's evidence. I'm Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. I'm going to be an informant, and I'm going to work with PETA to do everything that Carol Baskin was trying to do. Uh, and then they get, and then they have all the bullshit on Doc 
And then they pull it away saying, oh, you can't show that. I was like, what? Well, well, what's it called? They, uh, he, he, like, literally, I think yesterday, just, uh, from prison, has, uh, has done, like, a $94 million lawsuit. Yes. Yeah. Joe Exotic has put a, a $94 million lawsuit, like, I think 74 of that which. Is two. Uh, against, like, the, the, whoever arrested him, which was, okay. uh, the, the feds, the feds, um, for taking like all of his property and stuff. Cause it's like millions of dollars worth of property, blah, blah, blah. And then like for like wrongful accusation, like everything it's, it's crazy. You have to read up on it. Cause you know, and then again, supposedly his songs aren't like, are like not his, not they're not him. Yeah. It doesn't sound, I thought that I was like, that doesn't sound like his yeah. voice. It actually sounds like a really Guys, like practice there's a singer. country music yes. aspect to this that we have not really brushed yeah, up. We, we oh, and, and bringing it back to me because I always tie it back to wrestling. He was a pro- he promoted wrestling on the sites. Like there are people from WWE currently in WWE who have photos with him that have surfaced on the internet. Like he promoted shows oh, at the zoo, or like he was part of it. Yeah, it's like. It's insane, and then you see like the famous people. Like there's like Anthony Kiedis was in one of the photos for like Doc Antle, like the amount of people, and then like like how the other dude was like using Cubs to be a swinger, and oh. like mother of God, and, <laughs> I mean, it was, and saying it was, very very classy phrases such as "little pussy will get you big pussy," and then he's going to be a father <laughs> and picked out the freaking nanny, and he he had to pick out a hot nanny. And I'm sitting no, there like, no, not only that, what? he said he said on television next to his very pregnant wife, "Yeah, we're excited uh, for the little one, and then we're going to get her back to the gym." I could have murdered him right there. No one yes. would have. No one would have questioned you, guys. He He's was still a wearing monster. Affliction t-shirts in 2020. I mean. He was a monster, but again, I want a spinoff series of their relationship. There's supposedly going to be a second season. They said they had so much footage. Yeah, but that's that's more Joe. Like I want that no, too. Of all. Oh, I know what I'm saying. Like, I want a whole spinoff of this guy because I want to see how he directs other people. Is, all the time. The director is also like in this world. He's like a turtle conservationist. Okay, we we need to talk about the director. We because again, fake Judd Apatow. Yeah, I I did research because did. so okay something I really actually really hated about this documentary, and it happened. I realized it very early on, and then was kind of paying attention the whole time to it. But very early on. The the guy who is directing this, at one point, he's, like, in um, a van with his team, and they're driving up to uh, Carol Raskin's, like, ranch or her park, whatever it is, and he sees her come out of the house, and he says on camera, like, oh, this is great, look at what she's wearing, and to me, I was like, ew, like, there's something about the documentary that I don't like, and that it's the people making it have so much contempt for the people on camera that I think it takes away from the documentary so much because as much as we're like, Oh my God, I can't even believe how crazy all of this is. We would still think that without like the judgment coming from behind the camera. And that happens frequently. Sorry, Kat, I didn't want to cut you off, but I also hate that format. Like yes. for documentaries, I don't, the, 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 the director and the crew don't be a part of it. 
Yes, it's it's irrelevant. We don't need your opinion. The only aspect I did like was from the first episode when you found out that he wasn't even doing a documentary about any of this. He was doing it about like uh, snake, illegal snake sales. And he stumbled upon a tiger sale and he kind of did this like deep dive and found this. You know, it's it's funny. It's like the, the way the documentarians treat the subjects is the same way these animal rights and these zookeepers treat the animals it's it's, it's all exploitative and i mean when we're watching it we're we're just as bad i guess we're just as bad but i mean at the same time like there was someone pointed out to me in a um that it's like there wasn't enough of a message until the end where that dopey campaign manager was like these people have spent millions of dollars fighting each other when the the whole point was to save the animals but they really didn't they were just trying to it was all ego and yeah. it could have really gone to like, okay, we can give these millions to the rainforest conservation to help tigers and to help all these animals. And like they, you get the hints too. Like they don't really, it's very focused on tigers, but it's like wolves, bears, monkeys, like everything. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely batshit crazy. And I think the guy I felt the worst for was the one farm worker at the end who ends up in the diner. Because the, when they talked about yeah. the, the tigers who got killed and like you could tell that was a guy who's like that saved him from a bad life. And he yes. but he also was just heartbroken by the whole thing because he believed in helping the animals. And then he just saw everyone exploited them and, you know, he just felt bad about it. And I, I, I felt like his care. He was the one guy of all of this. I was like, man, I really feel bad for you. Yeah, I, I think. Especially when they show, like, the really old clips of Joe Exotic at the end, where he's talking yeah. about, like, um, th- these these animals, like, should not even be in cages here. They need to be in Asia and Africa and other places where they're taking care of these animals and everything. But it, then it just brought them so much clout, and they realized how they could use the animals, like, for their own money. It, that to me, it's just like you were saying, Bill, there's no difference between what Joe Exotic and all these crazy people did with these tigers that what that reality TV producer was doing with Joe Exotic, which is goes outside to what the director of this documentary is doing with all of these people. Because I did research about the director, and here's a crazy thing. This dude is really, really passionate about sea turtle conservation. That's like his life thing. And he's like really good friends with the Safdie brothers because of that, which is how they were able to be somewhat involved in this documentary, first of all. Second of all, he is like a high-powered restaurant owner in New York City. He owns B-Bar, which is a restaurant in the Lower East Side that I went to all the time in school, which is not far from where we used to work, Al. He owns that. He designed a lot of stuff, too. Yes. And he's directed Nine Inch Nails music videos. He's really good friends with Madonna. And the whole thing, I started realizing like, oh, this is very much like this ultra liberal guy who got wrapped up in this world and now is making a mockery of these people and is creating a scenario in which we could all like laugh at them. And on one hand, do they deserve to be laughed at? Yes. On the other hand, it does make me feel icky after a while because it was so clear what the director was doing. But but that's just my opinion. I don't think I can really – I have a hard time like now with zoos and stuff. Like, outside of like – if it, unless it's a legit zoo, like I have a hard time even thinking of going to stuff like that. Like I remember as a kid, you would go to stuff like that. I'm like, oh, never again. Um, yeah. 
Should we? <laughs> yes. So before we get into the rapid fire questions, um, we have four main characters. We have Joe Exotic. Uh, we have Carol. <laughs> we have Doc, and we have Jeff. Um, now a lot of people have been talking about the dream casting for these people for the eventual TV series or movie. Apparently before we, two things, apparently before this dropped, there was a very, very popular podcast that deep dived this entire thing. I did not know about, and I can't wait to start listening to it. And then on top of that, um, this, this was like a, I guess a, a story in some, uh, outlet. I don't know. Cat might know specifically or neither of us or any of us know. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 actual rights um was already adapted from uh kate mckinnon from snl yeah her to play uh carol mm-hmm. first of all fantastic casting just just throwing that out there uh but i figured why not four of us it's fresh in our minds who would you want there's only three of us eight? by the way what i say four so oh, sophie's uh, not in this podcast today so this, not in this one okay no. so three well, of joe, joe exotic is with us so and, and well technically five because that that eyebrow piercing that was dangling ever so gently on the side of his face wrestling resting on that leathern tan cheek just inches above multiple un- indistinguishable neck tattoos that right. thing is well, gonna, that hang that shit in the louvre i'm gonna start with cat Cat, run down the four. You're 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 casting for the four roles: Joe Exotic, Carol, Doc, Jeff. Okay, um, Carol for me is the easiest to cast because, to me, she would be perfect to be portrayed by. Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on her name? Lisa Kudrow. That's good. Wow, that's not- she has such a Lisa Kudrow thing yeah. about her i can't even describe it i hear but I see when, it. when she was talking sometimes i was like oh she's like very lisa kudrow um also i feel like the wardrobe is like very like phoebe buffet sometimes <laughs> um so that works um for joe i would say if if you're doing like if this is going to be a balls to the wall like kooky comedy movie like everything's crazy and we're doing joe exotic then it has to be danny mcbride but if we're gonna do a more serious take on the movie with maybe like there's gonna be like serious moments and like heartfelt and you're conflicted because you hate them but there's things going on i do think edward norton would be really really good he's been Uh, he's been like hardcore lobbying for it yeah oh my god i i'm i'm so i'm so into that um Dak Shepard, who, who face it, might be a pretty good Joe Exotic as well. He, he kind of he has a bone structure. He is he is Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. He could be he could be any of those people. Like he could be the dude without legs, and it would work. That's true. All right, or, so, uh, or the guy who cried at the end from the diner, Jeff. I want to say that. Yeah, who do you have for Doc and Jeff Lowe? <sighs> um. I, I can't really explain why, but there's something about Jeff Lowe where he just like has this like stern seriousness uh, where he like he kind of has no personality, but then his personality comes out in his terrible actions. And for whatever reason, this makes me want like Jeremy Renner to portray him. Um, he's young, but still. Wow. Yes, I, he would. He would be a little young. Um, and then for Doc. Oh, I really thought. um uh, what is his name? Uh, 
Pen of Pen and tel- Teller. Oh, oh, oh uh, Pendulette. Oh, pe- Pendulette. Pendulette. Yes, Pendulette. Wow. That's a great pick. That's yeah, that is yeah. that is really deep, man. I like that. Yeah, they just all those people really, I think, convey the essence of those people somehow in an, in an inexplainable way. Um, would you like to go next, uh, Mr. Bodkin? Yes, my slam dunk finger roll um, casting for Doc would be John C. Riley. Yeah, that's, that was mine. <gasps> it's like it's just like damn, that's good. That's it, good. Um, I have a bonus pick for the producer because I'm not, I'm not as solid as my other ones, but the, for the producer, Chris Cooper. Yeah, yes. Chris Cooper, done. and then for I the and for the in, uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood, and then um, for the campaign manager, Patrick Fugit. <gasps> yeah. Some people have said Haley Joel Osment for the strip club owner, and I'm like, mm, pretty. Good. No, that's. I don't think that's fair to Haley Joel Osment. That guy. Is it would be a great role. <laughs> fucking worse. Um, so for Jeff Lowe, I actually would go with Edward Norton. Oh, because okay. originally I thought like from a physical standpoint, if this was like ten years ago, it would have been the actor uh, actor called David named David Morse, who's in The Rock. He's got like gray hair, mm-hmm. uh, always in various serious roles, always like kind of like a secondary guy. I'm like, wow. But I just think there's something about with Ed Norton where he could get that he can get sleazy if he needs to, and he could and he could also have like that faux honesty thing going on i would love to and just like some of the stuff jeff said i'm like oh god i could see edward norton just like that whole scene where he's yelling at joe i'm like oh my god i could totally see edward norton doing that yes Uh, if i was doing if i was casting the drama for um oh god why did i just space on her name the woman oh god why did i just forget her name no no the the name of the woman carol sorry carol carol raskin uh, Carol Baskin. It was only said four thousand times. I forget it. Um, <laughs> if we're going for like a comedy drama, like something serious, like we're talking Oscars shit here, I'm going Amy Adams. Oh yeah. Oh, just like she will go full. So she can get so she can get snubbed again. Yes. Well, she's gonna no. Be snubbed she forever. will not be snubbed forever. She will. I will be there. I will campaign for her. I you, will die you, for Amy Adams. You and Matt Taylor would both. Uh, yes. That or if we were saying if Dax Shepard actually got cast in the lead, I also think Kristen Bell would be a pretty solid choice. Or, yeah. or her for as the as the Carol Baskin stand-in in the music video. <laughs> Mother of God, that here kitty kitty. That's right. We didn't even get into that, by the way. Oh, All which right. by the way, the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars have already pa- pa- uh, parodied that. I Not the that music video, the, just the picture. picture. And then for Joe Exotic, I'm gonna go. I remember this might be a little too obvious, but I'm gonna go McConaughey. <gasps> I thought that too. No, oh, that's he good. would just it's be. Good. Oh God. It would now, just be fucking beautiful. Yes. So here's the thing. I'm going to say this real quick before I get into my picks. I would choose McConaughey if they were doing this for documentary now. <laughs> I would choose him for anything. He could be doing but, it on my street corner for like care. If they were going to try to cram this into 30 minutes, that's the pick. Like, that's a great choice because it's so mm-hmm. out of the field and he would crush it. Um, yes. So, uh, Bill had my pick already, John C. Riley for for Doc. Um, I put Woody Harrelson for Jeff Lowe. Oh, Ooh. that would be real good, man. I could see yeah. him rocking that Jeff Lowe affliction gear. Yeah, he just has the like. I mean, I was just watching Zombieland, the the sequel, which is not that good, but the cast just makes it fun to watch. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just a, I mean, like he would crush it, I think, in that role. Um, okay, 
We always so, forget that Woody Harrelson is just a really great dramatic actor. Oh yeah, and her his yeah. range is utterly ridiculous. True Detective. Season uh, one of True Detective is t- to me uh, perfect television. Go yeah. go watch. You want to see a bad movie that he's the best part of? Go see. Uh, was it the one? Shit, is it Friends with Benefits? The one with yeah. Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. He, he it's fine, but he no. is he is he's so good in that. The one with uh, Blake in that. and uh, Mila Kunis. Yeah. He's so good in that. Oh God! Now I need to watch this just for oh, him. Oh yeah, I it's like a, it's like a ninety God. minute movie. You he can plays like minute. he plays this very stereotypical gay man, but he like but, brings like, a nuance to it that's it's strange. It really is strange. Like, he plays like this like very like what you would say would be a misogynistic like alpha male. Yeah. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. womanizer, but as a gay man. But as a gay guy, and, and you're just like, whoa! This is this character has way more levels than this movie deserves. So uh-huh. he could basically be Joe Exotic then, because we don't even discuss the fact that he is a quote a gun toting redneck homosexual who only yes. married straight guys. That's true because of <laughs> math. True. All right, so here's my last two. Um, I hope you guys know this person. I had to look her up because I didn't know her name. Well, we could Google. Oh, you guys should go Google. So for Carol Baskin, I picked Paula Pell. <gasps> yes. From yes. Um, she's an AP bio, but she's been a, a writer for SNL for like ever. Yes. Um, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. She is Carol Baskin. Like she can crush that role. Like it, Wow. That's a really good choice. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I hope to see that one day. Oh, I thought you know who would be good in a very small role as the FBI agent would be uh, Allison Pill, who is in yeah. – um, she's in Devs right now. Yeah. Yes. love Allison Pill. And I, I, I was going to – I was saying to to, uh, to Kat's uh, significant other how much, uh, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead stole my heart in Scott Pilgrim. Allison Pill right mm-hmm. up there. That between that and the newsroom, she was great. Uh, uh, let's talk about like Cat's yeah. boyfriend has the greatest name of all time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Greatest name of all time. By the way, Sophie is on the podcast now. She's jumping on the bed. Excellent. All right, just Sophie. say hi, Sophie. Yell it out. Hi. There she is. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Sophie. And also, um, Monroe can make a guest appearance too. She's loafing. Nice. Oh, I'm a. Um, okay, so really quick, me my last pick, Mr. Joe Exotic. It's got to go yes. with Forte. Oh, Forte? wow. Oh, my God. I don't wow. know why he's not in the conversation right now, guys. Because no You're one takes right. it, because he's so un- underrated, man. Like, people forget, like, Last Man on Earth was, like, both good as comedy and drama, wasn't it? Gruber is the greatest comedy of the last decade. Okay, be careful, please. Fact? No one can fight that. McGruber is the greatest okay. comedy of the last decade. It's, I won't disagree with that. It's very true. Um, all right, guys. Still so rapid fire. To see it, so I will though. Oh, you got it. Rapid fire questions. Uh, no long explanations. You got to just top of your head. Uh, give me okay. quick answers, okay? I, mm-hmm. I can't believe I had to explain rapid fire. Um, all right. It was mostly because I always talk through things. That's right. Three questions. Question number one: Would you rather spend two minutes in one of Joe's tiger cages, or spend one year sporting Joe's haircut? A haircut. I could. I would. I would die in, in that cage. I would literally be. No. I, I would. I would rather have a shitty haircut for a year than just didn't be eaten. I don't think it's a shitty haircut. I think that's the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. Sure. I, I'll, I'll. I'll fucking take it over tigers because I will. They will eat me. Cat. 
I swear I'm not a vain person, but I would do the tiger cage because Same. they they seem they seem like very gentle boys. I'd rather when be, they're not honestly biting someone's arm off. Excellent. Okay. Question number two: Jeez. How much would you pay to watch the pilot of Joe Exotic Tiger King? Oh man. <laughs> Uh, since they they would have to do so much work to get it back because it's all burnt to crisp. Although maybe it's in his uh, storage unit where he has all his files that he said he burnt. Oh my god! I would pay uh, twenty bucks. Damn, that's the price of a. I book. would pay. Uh, I, I would pay a standard Netflix or Hulu subscription. Solid. I would pay. I would pay upwards of $50, but it has to be at a screening where he also does a Q&A or the director does a Q&A. That's a good one. A good producer. One. Oh, yeah, on there mm-hmm. for uh, that. For 50 right. I would do that, yeah. Last question. Then again, maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> question number three, last question, and you guys should know what this question is by now. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Remember, say the word My allegedly response- in your answer. <laughs> My response is yes, but he deserved it. So that's my controversial response. Bill. Oh, man. Uh, I would originally didn't think so because I thought he was going to be slick as hell. But when she changed the power of attorney, uh, you know, I'm going to say no. I think he pulled a Kaiser Soze. He disappeared, and he had money buried in a pit somewhere in Costa Rica. Honestly, both good answers, and both probably right. Um, all right, well, that was that was seriously what the fuck. Um, make sure you guys listen or listen. Make sure you guys watch Tiger King if you haven't already. Uh, we sadly, I'll tell you right now, we really didn't spoil anything. There's so much to this crazy ass show that. Um, you have to watch it for yourself. Even if you think we spoiled it, we truly didn't. It gets crazier and crazier. Um, I mean, how good is like Kat and I both watched it, started at Friday night, and we finished yeah. it today. I mean, that's like it's yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, it's it's the it's the very definition of a like a, a hardcore binge show. Like you can't stop mm-hmm. watching. It, it is the same thing. Like I said before, it is the same as if you love if you had that same feeling for Firefest, the Fire Festival documentary, or the. Um, or the, you know, abducted plain sight, like, it's the same deal, but way crazier. Absolutely. All right. Time for our ne- next segment. Yes, our next segment is a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! This is when we find a slice of wonderful on the internet. It just gives us a little respite. Uh, throughout our days of Tiger King memes and uh, COVID-19 updates. Uh, This episode is going to be Stephen Colbert's transformation into Tony Stark uh, from On YouTube, uh, produced by The Tonight Show. Tony Stark, what seems to be the problem? Viruses? Is everybody staying at home? That's step number one. Don't go out. It's not just for yourself. It's for your loved ones. In the meantime, this is what I'm going to do. Jarvis, fire up the lab. We'll meet you in the workroom. You need robots. Tiny, 
little robots. And yes, the artificial intelligence systems I implant in those robots may inspire the tiny robots to believe that though they are small, they are superior to mankind and they will likely learn from the viruses how to reproduce at a great rate exponentially and eventually attempt to take over the world. But then, of course, I'll build a bigger robot. What did you guys think of this small slice of fried gold? Cat, I will defer to you first. Um, I love Stephen Colbert, and he is a beacon of light and hope during these very dark times. And the video is so sweet because you really have no idea what he's doing. He just starts like putting on makeup and being really silly. And then when he transforms into Tony Stark, you feel like everything's going to be okay. And, um, and I love him for that. hundred percent recommend to watch. It's like maybe three minutes long. Alfred. Share it with friends. (laughs) Uh, I also love Stephen Colbert. Uh, I, I think I've read both of his like, Stephen Colbert characters books, or I think I at least own one of them. Uh, he's a giant nerd. Um, you know, whether it's Lord of the Rings or being gifted Captain America shield, uh, by, I believe it was Joe Casada actually. Um, so I, I love him and seeing him transformed into Tony Stark was again, just a, a very, like, I forgot that the world's ending for three minutes. That was nice. I uh, yeah. I looked at it like I, I mean love the fact that Colbert's doing it in his house in New Jersey, and um, I still think the Colbert Reporter's finale is still one of the my favorite finales of all time. Yeah, and uh, this was a cute little video, you know. It was it was nice, and it's it's like Colbert. One thing about him, like even when he was doing the heightened character, like there's something more realistic about him. Something I think everyone can relate to about him. Like he's still a real guy, and like this is just like. Uh, uh, you know, a dad who's making dad jokes and doing dad things. And listen, I can get behind that. I I will say, I will say that, um, I admire what the late night show hosts are doing. Um, you know, they, they want to obviously stay in the spotlight and, Mm -hmm. and keep their jobs. But at the same time, they are, you know, uh, broadcasting from home and really trying to, uh, do something with their time to, to help, you know, whether it's just to, to help their viewers and, and people around the world, like forget about what is happening or, or keep them company while they're quarantined. Um, you know, someone like, I think Cole, uh, not Colbert, I think, uh, Conan was the first one who announced like, Hey, I'm, I'm bringing the show back. I'm just going to do it with like no crew and an iPhone mm-hmm. and it's going to be business as usual. And I'll, I'll have guests and stuff over Skype. It'll be, you know, we're, we're still doing it. Like, I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone followed suit, whether it was Fallon or, or Seth Meyers, Colbert, Samantha B. Like, it's great that they're doing this. Um, it's, you know, we're going to talk later in the episode about how uh, musicians are reacting to this. You know, it, it's crazy how, you know, everything has stopped or, or has been halted in some way. Um, the crazy thing is, like, Hollywood is still trying to keep going in some capacity. Yeah. Um, it, it's also it, wild how there's so many shows that are like, oh, we, we're like Walking Dead just postponed their uh, season finale. And it's just like so many shows that are supposed to, like even uh, Fargo was supposed to air real soon. And they're like, oh, we can't because we didn't finish. I'm like, how close are you guys cutting it to the deadline for your premieres? Like, that's, that's something yeah. that like, 
I think it's, you're going to see there's going to be a lot of systematic changes within you know, production going forward because it's just like now everyone's kind of holding the bag and the only people doing live TV, bring it back to something I love, is wrestling. And that's even weird because there's no one there and half the people are dropping off and travel restrictions. So it's like, what can you do? It's like people have to get really creative now. And I think we're going to see some really good content because people will get creative. Yeah, you're totally right, Bill. I think on the topic of Stephen Colbert, I don't know if you guys saw, but it was, I think, his first monologue right after um, the effects went into place where there were, like, no public gatherings and everything. Long story short, he did, like, a 10 to 15-minute monologue in his studio just for, like, his writers um, and John P- Batiste and everything. And it was one of the best things I've ever seen. It was like, it came out on a really difficult day where I was like, God, we're all going to die. And honestly, you watch it and you just kind of like forget about what's going on. And I think it's because ultimately Stephen Colbert, unlike a lot of the other um, late night talk show hosts, like is a comedian, can make jokes even without an audience there. And like, you, I felt like I was really like seeing him as a person. Like at one point, he just like sits down at the desk and like is like drinking whiskey. He's like, "Well, we're just gonna do it." And you're like, Stephen Colbert, always, always so great. Yeah, that was the the dress rehearsal. That was supposed to be the dress dress rehearsal for yes. that episode. But during that that day is when they announced that uh, no more than 250 people could be in a room together, which I think quickly became no people in a room together. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Kat, like he, he showed, and he's shown multiple times throughout his career that we've, that we watch, like how he is just a real guy. Like he's just a normal dude. And he, he's as scared as everyone else. And he's just doing what he does best to, to just put a smile on our face. And like, that's, that's all you can ask for your favorite entertainers right now. Yeah, and, and, and it's yes. like a vaguely political for a second. That's why people are so in love with Cuomo from New York because he feels everyone's – he's realistic. Like mm-hmm. he's yes. just as scared as us. He's not – and I'm not going to go on talk about other politicians. But it's like he, there's this national movement behind him of people just in love with him because like he's being real and he's being honest. And I think that's what we need from our entertainers is just like, you know, yes, we would love you to entertain us, but – you can show humanity. You could show emotion and we'll feel that more and we'll feel your efforts more once they come once they come out because we know you're in this you're in the same boat as us. Absolutely yes. right. I think th- there's generally such a lack of leadership in the world that we crave anyone who seems like a human. Um, which is why I think that we love Stephen Colbert, but also why we're attracted to Joe Exotic because you're like, he looks human. But is he? The answer is no. It's not. But yes. But, but maybe. Um, I would right. love it's, it if he would just it reveals that he's a lizard person. Just like <laughs> lizard people are real, and Joe Exotic is the lizard king now. And you're like, oh shit, should have known. Honestly, wow. and not, again, not to get into politics, but if Trump started doing his like uh, re-election campaign and said like. You know, Mike Pence is out. Joe Exotic in. He probably has a better shot of winning the the reelection. Just just saying. Uh, you're not wrong, Al. You're not. 
I know, but I'm also going to cry after this because I even I'm had that. I'm trying idea. not to cry about that right. statement. Next, I, I know how it is. Uh, next, <laughs> next topic, guys. Uh, music in a time of quarantine. We nice. do not have a fun. Uh, uh, what's it called? Intro for this yet? Because we're we're still kind of deciding on the title. And um, I did send uh, you that one song. You just screamed music in a time of quarantine. <laughs> no, 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 no. I sent you another song. Um, I was, but yes, I did. I did sing. Yeah, we're not including that. Music in a time of quarantine. And now it's included. Yeah, um, there you go. So, yeah, Al, if you don't use that, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. That's a soundbite right there. You gotta give the people what they want, and that's my that's, shitty singing. Yeah. You're right. Well, you know, we gotta get you in the booth, and we gotta lay down that track like Joe Exotic would with his country music. Yeah, let's talk about the booth for the Breakcast theme song, which is my car. Yes. That's why I'm <laughs> screaming, um, parked in front of my house, singing that song six years uh-huh. ago. Yeah. So, Kat, this uh, this topic, we're going to just pick, a, a, you know, an artist or a song right now. People should listen to, um, you know, uh, new music preferred. Um, we we want to give people some recommendations of, of stuff to get their mind off of everything that's happening right now. And uh, yeah. I feel like Bill's going to steal mine, so I kind of want to say mine first. No, I'm not. I'm going to take a different one. You got the one you're going to take. Okay, cool. Great. So I'm going to start real quick. Um, One of my favorite uh, groups in the entire world is Run the Jewels. They are the literally the coolest uh, coolest rap group, but just coolest artists out there. Uh, Discovered them, I think, when they came out with Run the Jewels 2. Uh, which is probably one of the best rap records ever. Um, they are so many about- people screaming right now. Say it again. So many people screaming at us right now for that statement. I, oh, whatever. Who cares? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, you know. critically, if they got a problem. They can come on the podcast. Reach out. That is true, Cat. Um, I will stand by my statement. Killer Mike and LP are two of the coolest people on the planet. Uh, they're working on Run the Jewels four, and uh, there's no release date yet. I'm I'm thinking it's going to happen soon. Yeah, I'm thinking April, but they've released now two tracks. Um, I'm going to recommend the first track off the the album, uh, "The Yankee and the Brave." It uh, they, they said that this is like the hardest album they've ever done in terms of like creatively, and like it just is nonstop for like the first like seven or eight songs, which is just makes me so excited because I'm working out from home now, and "Run the Jewels" is like top artist for me in terms of like working out music so uh yankee and the brave we're gonna play a small clip so we don't get sued right now uh so yes the that's the yankee and the brave great thing about run the jewels is every time they release an album uh it's free digitally and they they get their money and support from fans by uh you know cd and vinyl sales and then of course uh they tour like crazy we're supposed um, to open for Rage, and in they were supposed, theory, yeah. it's still going to happen if the late summer stuff happens. What did you think of the second single? Um, I really liked it. It's a, it's a can't a, get into it. I, I need to. I really, honestly, don't even want to listen anymore until the whole album's out. Yeah, Yankee Brave's good. Ooh La La was, which is just the second single, which dropped on Zane Lowe's show on um, Apple Music. It was okay. It was like it's good, but it's not like I. It just wasn't as good as Yankee and the Brave. Yeah, that's. I, which just, I've listened to 30 times easily. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Kat, what do you got for us? Um, well, during times of crisis, I'm less inclined to go searching for new music and more inclined to fall back into 
old music that I find very comforting. But um, luckily, just a few days ago, um, my beloved Father John Misty um, released a record, uh, a live album on Bandcamp in which 100% of the proceeds go to um, supporting people on the front lines for COVID-19, which is amazing. Um, he recorded a beautiful live performance in Germany um, at, the, at the end of last year and released it. So the record is called um, Father John Misty um, Off Key in Hamburg. And um, you could pay what you want. You could pay nothing. I think I paid 10 or 12 bucks. Um, and it's like, you know, an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes set. And there's like beautiful strings and the audience is great. And his sweet, gentle voice will soothe you through these trying times. Um, and I 100% recommend it. That's a great pick, Kat. Uh, I absolutely love Father John Misty. Mm-hmm. He is the kind of the craziest living musician right now who isn't Kanye West. I just, I think he's just like so interesting and his character and persona that he's made with, with father John Misty is like, I can't stop absorbing information from him. Um, and pure comedy. I have it on vinyl. is just like, it's, it's perfect. It's It's perfect. There is a song on that album, which is also, um, one of the live tracks on this record I'm talking about called, um, things that would have been helpful to know before the revolution, <laughs> which a lot of fans have been listening to right now. And they're like, he was trying to warn us. He yeah. was telling us. And that, that album came out three or four years ago. So um, Father John Misty knows all. I'm going to uh, donate and download that album probably immediately after this because uh, yeah. that's amazing. Yes. Thank you for joining me. Yes. Uh, Bill, what do you got? Uh, originally I was thinking of, uh, promoting my former coworker, Brian Fallon, who I forgot I used to work with him, um, his new record, Local Honey, um, uh, which I just recommend you checking out anyway, because Brian Fallon's cool as hell. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, a friend of the site, band. um, they played our Christmas show a few years ago, and that's a band called Deal Casino. Uh, they put a new EP, um, just, I think just in the past few weeks called Woof. And, um, these guys are always putting out EPs. Um, I remember seeing these guys when they were just like kind of getting their start and now have really blossomed into something really, really cool, really toward last year with Bad Flower, uh, starting to really break through, um, play Gov Ball on the opening set, much like Run the Jewels did back in 2014, where we were like first day, first band out the gate. Um, and yeah, it's on Spotify right now. My favorite song off this five-track EP is a song called "Best Year." Uh, these guys really blend a good band, uh, a blend of like alt rock with uh, like guitar-driven alt rock with like kind of that hip new synth thing that's happening. Uh, do a really great blend of that. Um, they also do an amazing cover of Frank Sinatra's "My Way." The lead uh, as the the, the final track. Uh, the lead singer uh, Joe is just phenomenal. Uh, these those dudes are like hardworking, always touring, always recording. Um, yeah, go support them. Asbury's own, you know, and uh, they're gonna blow up. It just like they're on the cusp for me, or they're the next Asbury band that's gonna like really start making an impact. And they've they've been featured on Spotify and SiriusXM and like some good places. Like I said, those two fe- the festival like the Gov Ball 
and see here now. Um, great band, great bunch of dudes. Can't recommend them enough. I met three fourths of them at uh, see here now. I, I took uh, some portrait shots of them. Yeah, they did. Were, and, nice. great guys. Always been good Very friends good. of the site, you know. And uh, I remember they played our um, second Christmas show. They headlined. Uh, it was like in a snowstorm. They brought out like close to four hundred people. They were absolutely amazing. Cat, uh, I think they would be right in your wheelhouse. I know Al. Yeah. Yeah, they sound really awesome. What's the name of their record? Deal Casino, which is they took their name after a little like like place called Deal Casino in Deal, New Jersey. It's just like the name of a it. um, it's like a pool club basically. Yeah. And, and what did you say the name of the album was? Woof. Woof. Fury. Like a, a dog. Like a dog park, okay, or just sure. like an ex, or just how I go. Like anytime something heavy, I would just go. Woof. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, is this a Jersey accent situation where he's saying <laughs> wolf or is he saying woof? I can't say wolf. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that about the Jersey accent. Oh, dude, we, we say so can't many can't say things. wolf. We say, um, we say coffee weird. You know, we say everything weird. You Absolutely. said water weird earlier. Water? No, you, you said you said like water. Or yeah, I said water. Yeah, I don't know. I have this weird accent. People can never trace. Like sometimes, like ah, oh, you sound like you're from California. You sound like you're from South Jersey or North Jersey. I'm like, cool. I just talk like me, man. Yeah, as as Al described me, my rich leather and sex god voice because of my microphone. <laughs> and I was just like, thanks, dude. My I wife saw my wife saw that text and she laughed. She was like, that's I, funny. I ordered a microphone, so hopefully, uh, episode three sounds better than uh, episode one or two, from my end at least. Not the sex gods uh, end. No, so it's like uh, while we're while we're on the subject of telling people what to do, um, we're going to get into our next uh, next topic: the watch list. Uh, what we're watching right now, which we just um, debuted this episode. Yes, it's our next topic, and also the first time we're doing it. Um, I will do a caveat of you shouldn't be watching anything besides Tiger King. Yeah. But <laughs> if you watched it twice, now you can watch something else. Which I have, so I'm good. There you go. Um, so yeah, just a recommendation, a show or movie that um, people should watch now. Uh, let's start with uh, Bill. I'm going to go uh, dive into Disney Plus and watch the first two seasons of the new DuckTales. Uh, it is absolutely great fun if you, you know... The kids can watch. I have a five-year-old daughter who you heard earlier on the podcast. She enjoys it. Um, it is a really nice blend of nostalgia plus, like, it's very, like, I'll just say modern. You know, it's very it's very fresh. Uh, like I said, very enjoyable for the kids, but very enjoyable for adults. And especially if you're a parent and you need a show that isn't going to drive you insane. If your kid's not watching random vlogs on YouTube, which mine does, um, and or just like some of these cartoons are just like you want to. Paw Patrol. Dude, I've I've two nieces before her and I Paw Patrol. I could sing that whole theme song. Uh, it's little baby bum for me right now with my son. He's obsessed. He goes, he grabs the remote and goes, no. bah, bah, and stares at the TV. Cause he, uh, it, it used to be, and I love the show was we bear bears on cartoon network. It's just really funny. And it was uh, Bobby Moynihan's one of the voices. And, um, it was like a send up of like San Francisco hipster culture and <laughs> a kid's cartoon. And she used to go like, we would turn it off. She'd be like, bear bears. 
bear, bear, oh. she would cry. But I know. So DuckTales is great. Scrooge McDuck is David Tennant. He's perfect. Um, so many, so many great cameos. They actually at one point, and I'll spoil this just so anyone who hasn't watched it, you'll be like, oh, wow, that sounds crazy. Um, at one point, they throw a voice modulation into Donald Duck, and he is voiced by Don Cheadle. Yes. <gasps> and he is sounds like as beautiful and heroic as Don Cheadle ever yeah. would. Um, oh plenty of comedians like Paul Tompkins does a voice on there. A mm-hmm. lot of famous people. Kate McCucci, yeah. um, Ben Schwartz. Huey, Dewey, Pete, Lu- Huey, Dewey, and Louie are not in this order. Danny Pudi. Bobby Monaghan, and Danny Pudi. Yeah, and uh, Webigail is Kate McCucci. Um, part of the show. And uh, yeah, so and uh, Beck Bennett is Launchpad. Uh, new season's going to start. It's on Disney XD. New season starts next Saturday morning, and Goofy's going to be in this season. I think Rescue Rangers are going to be in this season. Chippendales Rescue Rangers. It's a really great um, blend of like very fun action. It's smart comedy for adults, and it gets really sad and serious at times. Like especially when they deal with Huey Dewey and Louie's mom, Della Duck, who they who was lost and eventually found. Um, and the other, yeah, it gets serious at times. And the, like, there's been a couple tears for me at a couple because, and you'll know the episode if you see it. Um, yeah, great show. Go check it out. Fun, quick watches. Cat, if you have not checked out Ducktales and need any more convincing, Lin Manuel Miranda is yes. a recurring guest star. Yes, he is, not and he's amazing. And he's wow, freaking awesome in it too. Um, it's honestly like. I, I that's one of the first things I watched on Disney Plus because I just I literally ran into the cast at Comic Con like I've always wanted to see it just because of like they they casted it so well yeah it's like it's just like a powerhouse team uh you have to check it out uh, viewers at home but mostly cat you have to check out Ducktales I mean honestly you had me at David Don Tennant. Cheadle as Donald well David Tennant as well but yeah yeah. I, it, I know people met a lot, a lot of people have watched it and really enjoy it, and I, I need to do it. It's uh, good to know it's on Disney Plus. And it's surprisingly, like I said, it's surprisingly clever. And it's, again, for any parent out there who is dying right now, because not because of the obvious reasons, but because of just like your kids' shows yeah. suck, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. Kat, what do you have for us? Um, I guess I'll have two, but. Um, uh, pr- prime time to um, get over yourself and stop saying it's confusing and you don't have time because one, it's not that confusing, and two, you do have time. Everyone needs to watch Westworld, and I don't want to hear any more excuses. Yes, I'm sick of it. It's not that confusing. Sit down and binge the whole thing. I just rewatched season one and two with my boyfriend because he started, but then stopped watching. But you need to watch because season three is going on right now. And, and really good. It's very good. It's fascinating. It's a it, season three in particular is a futuristic um, take on the world that is very interesting. Like, sure, you could argue it's dystopian, but I mean, Aaron Paul is in it. Hesse Thompson. Oh, so good. Um, Marshawn Lynch Wood. yes there's just so many good people um, uh, Lena Wife does a, a thing in one oh, in the I first loved episode. her stuff in the first episode man it was yeah. so good 
And the second episode is pretty. I was a little worried, but like second episode where they focus on Maeve was Danny Newton. Man is just like she hits a whole nother level in this series. Man, obsessed. It's it's so good. It, it, it's a great show, and I mean, there's been so much time in between seasons. So now is the time to like sit down, watch season one, watch season two, and then watch season three as it comes out. Um, and my second recommendation is more of like a selfish one because I just feel like I need to talk about it with people, even though I'm about three months late on it. But I just watched Marriage Story and I just need to talk about that movie with someone because like what what, what did I experience – why did it happen? Why is it called Marriage Story? Why isn't it called Divorce Story? Like, Because uh, uh, it's Noah Baumbach. He doesn't why, care about our expectations. Why is he the way that he is? Because he's, <laughs> he's a douche. I don't know. He is, isn't he? He is like, a douche. I've seen some of his stuff and I'm like, God, you're such a douche. I don't like anything you've done. Meanwhile, Greta Gerwig is just an angel floating amongst us plebeians, and and then he goes and does this like there. There's really great acting performances. It's definitely a movie that feels very real, but I've never like watched a movie more where I was like, I think I dislike everyone here. Including the child being depicted. They have like an eight-year-old like an eight-year-old son, and I'm just like, was I this annoying when I was eight? I don't think I was this annoying when I was eight. I totally was. <laughs> Al absolutely was. I'm yeah, I believe that. 100%. Um We're gonna we're gonna Skype in your sister in a second, she'll be like, Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It, it's a really, really good movie to watch with other people and then to just talk about what you saw together. Um, this isn't a spoiler by any means, but there it is... It doesn't one, work. <laughs> there, there, there is a, a, a scene early on in the film where Laura Dern, who is fabulous, um, is, is talking to Scarlett Johansson as her lawyer saying like, so like, like, why are you here? Like, why do you want to get divorced? And it's this very long, beautiful scene that's kind of all in one take this monologue where she's going on about like how she met Adam driver and, and, and their relationship and going through everything. And as she's talking about everything, she's just talking about herself and the issues that she has with herself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so but why is she divorcing him? And then it keeps going and going and going. And Laura Dern's like, oh, I completely understand. And I'm like, I don't. I don't, I don't understand. And then at just before the scene ends, Scarlett Johansson just says, oh, yeah. And he also um, was sleeping with a girl that we worked with. And then the scene ends. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so like I. I love how you recommended something that you don't like, but are like, you're like compelled to talk about. Yes. Yes. I, I don't want to say I hated it. There were very interesting things. Like it's an interesting piece of art to analyze and discuss and to experience because it's so real and they feel like real people, but it's so easy to like have a judgment upon them. I don't know. It's not it just, a long movie either, right? 
No, it's not. It's on Netflix. Um, oh, it was a Netflix yeah, original, yeah. Yes. I feel like it's like maybe 80 minutes. I don't even think it's 90. Noel Baumbach does not make long movies either. But that's the thing. It's like this is the time to watch movies like that because that's yeah. everyone who I know who's seen Marriage Story. Is, it's just like we need to talk about this. Even yes. if people don't like I know Matt and Marissa talked about it on our um, way too early Oscars podcast. And they're like they, I don't think they both liked it that much, but they had a lot to talk about with it. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm a person when I hate a movie, oh, I hate it. And I don't want anybody to see it because I'm like, I want it to go into a hole and die. So I didn't hate this movie. It's just so it's just it's very odd, odd things happen. Um, things you wouldn't suspect, like everything from like a, a kid having to go on two Halloweens and complain about it. Um, Adam Driver accidentally stabs himself in the movie. I think he does that in every movie. That's true. I think I mean, he definitely did that in Girls. A hundred percent in Rise of Skywalker. Oh wow! No, he gets stabbed by it. Well, he he let it happen. Well, anyway, oh, so much unpacking for that movie. Uh, uh, truly, that's a whole other podcast. But anyway, yeah, that's those, those are my suggestions. Al, uh, what's what's your recommendation? So I again wanted to go a little left field. Um, I did not expect to like this as much as I did, but. Has have either of you checked out Dave on FXX? Not yet. It's on the list. No. I've seen the horrific um, billboards and signs. It. it it's like low key, like the like the breakout comedy of the year. It that, tra- is- that trailer totally betrayed it. By the way, so many people oh, were turned know. off. No, I mean the poster. Sorry, so many people yeah. were like, I, even I was. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. FX it's- is notorious for making terrible promotional items for their shows. Archer looked horrible. Mm-hmm. The league looked horrible. Two of my favorite shows. It's, I, I don't even know why I give these shows a chance. I think just FX has that like ability. They can just like market something terribly and it still ends up being great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so if for, for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, Dave is the, it's like a semi autobiographical, comedy series based on the life of rapper little dicky his real name is david it's little 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 dicky his real name is david bird and it's uh it's basically like a half hour comedy um about his like um like his like slow rise and becoming like uh, an actual rapper like a like a real performer he's the start of the show he's like he's already gotten viral and like he's now trying to like navigate his like career um and it like the supporting cast is all like not familiar faces not familiar faces and then filled with cameos of actual rappers like the first uh episode has a rapper yg um this i i i will recommend watch the first two because the first episode uh is like any other pilot introduces you to all the characters um and it could seem like a little like especially with the ending, like, oh, he's just going to be this amazing rapper, like off the bat and nothing bad's going to really happen to him. The second episode is probably one of the darkest half hour comedy I've ever watched. It's just pitch black comedy. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, It's I think uh, there's only four uh, five episodes. The fifth episode that just happened, it's all about his hype man, uh, Gaeta who he meets in the first episode and it, it kind of gives you like how he got to where he is now. 
again, like it's it's uh, it's like very Atlanta esque in the sense that it really blends like not just like like ridiculous comedy, but like super dark moments and then like really real moments. Mm. Uh, I don't really want to spoil anything. I highly recommend this show. Um, mm. Even if you do not like Little Dicky or you don't like rap or you uh, or you're just iffy about the whole thing. If you like comedy and you like dark comedy, I highly recommend it. And if you like dick jokes, holy shit, it's a great, it is a great show. <laughs> so, so is it's like a sitcom? No, no, it's like almost like uh, like in Atlanta. Like it's it's not a sitcom. Okay. It's it's just uh, I, guess, I don't know what the the real version. Uh, yeah, called. No, no, no. a narrative a narrative structured comedy. Yeah, it's got a <laughs> sure. Sure. It's so um, funny because based upon the billboards and all of the advertisements for it, I genuinely thought it was like a comedy sketch show. Yeah. yeah. And it, they don't know how to net. They do not know how to market their shows. It's a terrible. It's such a bad poster because I was so turned off by it. And then I saw the trailer. And I'm like, oh, this could be something. Then I read Ben Murchison wrote a review on the site. And I was and like, oh, I, shit. This is way more than that. Well, yeah. and here's here's some other things. So real quick. It's um it's co-produced or, or the the showrunner is Jeff Schaefer and if you don't know who that is that's um uh, he was the guy who cre- co-created the league um he he worked on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld like he is a comedic genius oh. hmm. uh, and I was watching a lot of behind the scenes stuff and like everyone says like like this is what Little Dicky was like meant to do he is such a like specific and like obsessive creative that like this is like the thing that he like was destined to do was make like a comedy series. Um, if again, he is like a legit amazing rapper, like crazy, crazy good rapper um, that I never got into just cause I was like, Oh, this is a one note joke. Like I already like, I already listened to the lonely Island. Like I don't mm-hmm. need another comedy rapper. He's, he's a, a f- amazing rapper who, uses like literally like the little dicky persona um and the name and he talks about it within the show too is like oh it's like it's it's a play on the like the you know the machoism of rappers who always use like little whatever like that's like that hmm. it's a joke with the joke like his comedy like goes to that extent i didn't realize that i thought he was just a one note like it's this it's just a dick joke it's not it's it's crazy good. I, I can't explain it. You have to watch it yourself. <laughs> well, come back to into me. it. Let's talk about it. Into it. Love it. And if you don't like that show, you could always watch um, the '90s excellent comedy starring Kevin Klein, also called Dave, um, in that which is he um, portrays comedy. the president. There you go. So, or any recommendations for the price of one? Or Devs, which is almost like Dave, which is awesome. on FX on Hulu, which is. Did we talk about that last episode, Bill? I feel like we did. No idea. I talked about it on uh, the TV podcast, so I can't keep okay. on the podcast. I've been on a lot of podcasts recently, not tooting my Bill was drunk. He doesn't remember. That's no, true. no. Yeah, I've been yeah. a lot better, and I yeah. always remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't – I remember I remember last when I'm not drinking because, you know, points to the world. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last, yeah. last segment um, for the podcast. Uh, it's right now the, – the title for it is A New Hope. That could change next week. Who knows? Um, we're going to be just talking about. Uh, I think we briefly discussed it before. Um, right now, who is giving us hope? It's musicians. Who knew? 
the people that we pay a lot of money to go see, specifically me and Kat, we take photos of um, from time mm-hmm. to time. Not now, unless we count screenshots as uh, as taking photos. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, hmm. we just really want to, to get into, you know, a lot of uh, our favorite artists have been using their um, their spare time because they can't leave the house or tour. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are either working on new music or finishing up albums, but uh, an abundance of them are using their time to uh, talk to their fans and perform for them or perform for charities uh, via, you know, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, um, Twitch, uh, all these different uh, video platforms. And uh, I think, uh, is it Corden who's who's doing like the big benefit concert thing with the I, this might be two separate things, but I think Corden's going to have his show is going to have some musical guests, I guess, mm-hmm. Skyping in. And then I think Elton uh, John. I, yeah, iHeartRadio and Elton John are putting together some big concert as well. So um, I just want to talk about like, you know, we can get more granular with it, but um, the, I guess the state of the music industry now and uh, maybe some uh, some people that you guys have checked out. Um, over the last couple weeks, um, that have you know maybe helped uh, shine a beacon of light. I don't know. It's a new hope. Just, you, just go. you know what? You had the word granular, so you st- you, you drop that big one. Just stop there, brother. Oh no, I can't speak today. I actually haven't had any alcohol today. Today, today. But I did. I, I did watch Hustlers with my my wife last night, and we uh, we had a drink or two, and it was nice. Great film, right? It oh, was very good. I gotta watch it. It was very good. I liked it. J Lo can do no wrong. It's like the female Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my god, they really should have got like they should have done it in that style. Like yes, you know what I mean. Like if they yes, had exactly Adam McKay do Hustlers, that would have been cool. Oof. Yeah, I love Adam McKay. Oh, he's the best. All right, uh, we'll start with Bill. Uh, Mondays are not just for Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Football. They are for Monday. Of two bands that kind of are summate the my musical existence right now and forever, it's metal and jam bands. And so the metal is it's going to be Metallica Mondays. Metallica, especially since they you know they kind of postponed a lot of tours already just because of James Hetfield had some personal issues. Uh, they're doing Metallica, you know they're doing a Metallica Monday. They're calling it. They just did live from Slane Castle, which is in Ireland. Um, they did our full concert. Someone who's seen them, seen them like three times in concert, and their concerts always deliver. So every Monday night, they're going to be streaming it on Facebook. And um, if you love Metallica, I mean, there's no reason to not watch this. And in the jam world, Umphreys McGee is going to be doing uh, live streams every Monday off their Facebook page. And they are a great live band. Um, very much, you know, can vacillate, you know, I don't have to explain what Metallica does because everyone knows Metallica, but Humphreys basically can vacillate between the Jamtronic stuff, doing a lot of synth and electronic dance oriented stuff to a traditional light jammy type vibe to more of a, a harder edge to more of a jazz you know, instrumental edge. So they're like one of these groups that, you know, set list changes all the time. You're going to get different shows every time you go out. I think their, their first one was from... It might have been from the Capitol Theater in, in uh, Portchester, New York, but they're going to be doing it every Monday off their Facebook page as well. Check both of them out. Awesome, that's great. Uh, before I'm going to I'm going to go quickly because I want to end with Cat since she's our guest. Um, so uh, Ben and I, Gibbard, and I also have to get a small one to bed soon. So yes, yeah, that's true. Um, ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie, uh, he's been doing this live. Yay! 
Well, chat show. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you want to mute yourself, and I'll just do this part. Uh, yeah, do that. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start now. So Ben Gibbard of Death Cat for Cutie, he's been doing these live from home charity shows. Um, they're pretty great because he's involving the fans. Like they can vote on set lists. Uh, Doing it like weekly, which is what? awesome. Do too. I hear the TV? <laughs> Do I use and the TV? Hear the TV. There's no TV up here, bud. Thank you, Bill. Isn't that the feeding of the Bill? Thing? Bill, you're not on mute. You want to Bill, mute. Yeah. I'll be down in a few minutes. You want to just hang out? <laughs> you can you can cut all this out. Ow. I will. Like five minutes, I'll be down. I'm gonna just redo it when he gets back. What? I'm not going to watch. Like I said, I'll be done in five minutes. You're not on mute. What? Yeah, you did it. You weren't on mute. You God mute. damn it. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, I hit the button. And I don't know what happened. Oh, probably because I probably hit it by accident. Sorry. All right. Ah, uh, shit. Now? No, she went downstairs. Okay, you ready? Okay. So, uh, Ben Gibbard of Death Cat for Cutie, he's been doing these live from home charity shows each week. Um, I think it's really awesome, mostly because he is, um, you know, not just performing, you know, some of his like favorite hits and covers and things, but he's also getting the fans involved. They can uh, kind of help pick the set list for each uh, show. I'm guessing mostly because he probably is tired of doing that at this point. He's been doing it, uh, I think, a few times a week, which is fantastic. But he's also adding another layer to it. Like, you know, Kat and I literally her her Instagram is at Cat goes to shows. Cat is a, uh, a concert addict as well as I am. Uh, I am a concert photographer. So is Cat. We love going to shows. Um, I used to. I used to love doing that back in the day. That's true. <laughs> uh, he's bringing an aspect, uh, a, a new aspect to it. Not just getting the fans involved and things like that, but um, he just released a commemorative limited edition like tour poster of these live from home shows, and um, uh, all the proceeds go to charity. Like I just love Which that. Is like, awesome. That's great. Like not yeah. just the charity aspect, but like bringing that. That another aspect of the, the live concert experience that we're missing is like merch and like being able to take home a souvenir from the thing that uh, you've been waiting for so long to go to. Uh, I love that. So uh, Ben Gibbard, uh, I think it's streaming on, on his personal page and then the Death Cab for Cutie, uh, both their Facebook pages. So uh, definitely check that out. Kat, what do you got? That's so great. Yeah, I, I really like Ben Gibbard. I've been getting the notifications, too, because I follow Death Cab and being able to perform and also let the fans choose the set list. God, I just, I could speak for hours about why that's amazing. That's, that's so awesome. Um, something that happened recently that I thought was really wonderful and really smart. Um, everybody's favorite, um, band from the nineties, uh, Weezer, um, is putting out a new record in many months called Van Weezer. Yes, you heard correctly. Can't wait. Um, Can't wait. It's it's going to be great or it's going to be a mess. But honestly, it will probably be both. And that's why we love Weezer. Right. Um, so uh, Van Weezer is going to be like Van Halen. Um, it says, quote, Rivers has described it as like the Blue Album, but with more riffs, metal, hard rock riffs, but still pretty catchy pop rock. And if you're thinking, that doesn't make sense, you're right. Um, but that's Rivers Cuomo, and we love him. Anyway, um, they released a song not too long ago called End of the Game. Um, 
thoughts on it as you will. But more importantly, um, now that everybody's at home and it's kind of like, what's going on? This record is supposed to come out in May. Are they going to be doing any live shows? They shared a new online game called The End of the Game Game, which you can hmm. play. And you, it's like um, an 8-bit uh, like classic arcade game in which you have to fight aliens. I, I don't really need to say anything else. Um, <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Um, I've found that uh, playing games has been very helpful uh, for me right now. Uh, it's distracting. I've been doing a lot of crossword puzzles on my phone, all of that good stuff. But um, having a video game to kind of take your mind all of these things has been. Um, very helpful for me right now and my mental health. So thank you to Weezer for the end of the game game would highly suggest people play. It's also really, really hard, which makes you want to play it more. Um, that is a, a great, great pick. Cause I'll tell you right now, I can't wait. Absolutely. Can't wait for Van Weezer. The end of the game is their best song in four years. Um, so I'll say much. Hey, oh. White, oh, I just want to be controversial. White album is <laughs> so underrated. White album's so underrated. Um, it is. It's great. It's the best. It's my number one. Like uh, I'm going to the beach album. Yes. The uh, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, absolutely great picks, both of you. Um, sadly, you're such a liar. You you were not going to listen to Metallica on first beginning. No, I actually I'm going to check out Metallica. Well, Metallica that's good. Is, um. It's like the I can't explain it. It's there's the there's genres of music that I'm not super into. Um, country country's number one. Metal's like maybe four, and like but like Metallica's like the band that I would check out. Oh sure, yeah, they're very good and they're great live. Yeah, I would. I one day, one day I would love to see that. Um, so sadly, this is uh, the end of the pod, guys. We're almost at like an hour and forty minutes. This is crazy. I could talk to you guys. Well, uh, let's say good. 50 minutes of this was Tiger King. Well, <laughs> deservedly so. And um, we needed 50 minutes to talk about Tiger King. I really feel like we scratched the surface. Thinking about what we said, if people haven't seen Tiger King, they're going to think that we're speaking gibberish. Literally, yeah. literally, while we were talking, I'm going to just breaking news. Logan Fowler, soon to be dead, uh, second time of referencing him on the podcast, uh, texted me and says, Hey, future Halloween costume. Me as Joe Exotic, my wife is Carol, and Mars future baby as the t- as a tiger. I'm like, that's great. Book um, it. Came up with a new concept, though. I think we should keep mentioning Logan, but not put him on the podcast. I agree. Like, just, He's a jerk. I love yeah. him. Oh, my God. It's perfect. It's like they did that exact thing on My So-Called Life um, with Claire Danes. That The running joke in the show is they always referenced this character named Tino, like literally yes, multiple times episode, but I've you seen. never saw Tino. You don't know who he was. You oh, he's, the, he's the Bob Sacramento of that show, which is uh, the the Kramer's friend in Seinfeld that you never meet in yes. all seasons. Um, again, we can. I will talk to you guys forever and ever and ever. Um, I'm also twelve percent battery, so we better wrap this up. The whole concept <laughs> of this show was me and Bill, like for the last I don't know, almost decade, we've been talking through Facebook Messenger, and this is it. We've, we this this is the podcast. It's just us getting to talk about our favorite stuff that we talked on a daily, minute by minute basis. And Kat, me and you have kind of been the same way since we met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so happy to be able to have you on the show. We'll have you on again real soon. Um, where can people find you on the internets? 
On the internets, people can find me on Twitter. <clears throat> My handle is cat underscore wild. Um, that's wild with an E, cat with a K. And on Instagram, uh, cat goes to shows also with a K, cat. Cat is a excellent, excellent photographer. Absolutely. And uh, so one of the best. Yes. Thank um, you so much, Bill. I, I have been meaning to tell Kat this, but like with this time, we need to start like reposting or start posting stuff that we haven't like yes. in terms of photos, because we both have pretty crazy back catalogs. Like you like you took photos of Alanis Morissette. Like I want to see more photos of that. And, and then, Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum. That's well, that's, now he's problematic that's, now. That's the Is he? Oh. It's fine. Is he? It's fine. Uh, no, it's it's fine. Oh man, I don't want to get into that. No, right. it's we have such little to believe in at this point. That's true. But I'm gonna hold on to Jeff Goldblum for now. And okay. those photos you took are oh, oh they're so great. Uh, chef's kiss. Yeah, perfect. Um, and then uh, Bill, as a as a weekly reminder, where can people find you? Uh, just find out my thoughts on pro wrestling, and pretty much that's it. It's at Bodkin Writes W R I T E S. Um, but most importantly, check us out and check me out. Check Al out sometimes and check Cat out on thepopbreak.com. Uh, we post every single day about music, TV, film, comic books, and pro wrestling and everything in between. We have plenty of podcasts as well, including this one. And uh, find us on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook at thepopbreak on Instagram. And I am at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram, if you care. Verified, uh, by the way. Ver- verified on Got Twitter. the blue check. Whatsoever. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I only use it for evil. I don't use it for good. Um, thank you so all for listening to another episode of Socially Distanced. Um, and just get through this thing. That's all we can do. <laughs> <laughs>